Welcome, reanimated fans, to this week's episode. I am H.A. Conrad, here with my awesome, amazing, intrepid co-host, Stuart Tiffin. How are you? Hey, hi. Good. How are you? A little bit damp? Oh, not me, per se, but Vermont is damp. Definitely. I got the impression that it was like not just Vermont, but Vermont got the worst of it. Vermont got the worst of it. Although, uh, you know, upstate New York, like Hudson Valley, got a lot too. So, um, well, this is just what happens. Um, You know, uh, I used to have a neighbor. um, I still do, I guess. They were washed away in the flood? No, no, no. He's still kicking around. But um, he used to always say... Um, never buy a house or never live on a, a street that has creek or river in it. <laughs> if, the, if the if the name of the street has hill in it, you'll be just fine. And <laughs> so um and that's actually kind of true. Um so you know, anybody who's up in the hills and things like that, and like I the majority of the people that I know are all doing okay, but they're helping everybody. That is not. And it's just kind of it's really it's really hard. It's I mean, look, it's not it's not just Vermont. It just happens to be at this time. But um, I don't know if you remember, but Hurricane Irene that went through in like 2011 had a similar effect. But this is even worse, if you can believe it. Um, And it's going to take like a lot of cleanup. Um, And I just don't know like how you do it. Um, So anyway, um disaster that's that's you know it's the climate change i mean essentially i think what i was reading is that they basically got two months of rain in about a day and a half i saw that yeah it it looked it looked bad it looked very bad yeah so lots of lots of landslides and you know that's the other thing especially up there there's not that many roads so take out some of those roads and it's just really hard to even help anybody like clean up or whatever and so I definitely have some, you know, some of my neighbors are putting up people that just can't get back to their houses, you know, so, um, but hopefully it all, you know, the cleanup efforts are underway. And I will say this, you know, they're New Englanders, they're tenacious, so hopefully it'll, it'll all work out, but it's just, it was pretty hard to to see some of that footage, so. Well, I am sorry to have seen that that was going down, Um, and I'm sure... It'll bring them together. Mm. It's just going to take a long time to clean up. Yeah. I mean, I think they have, I, I don't want to misspeak, but I think FEMA is maybe up helping too. So pretty sure um, it was declared an emergency. Uh, yeah. Yep. Like a federal yep. disaster. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll move on from talking about real world disasters to talking about zombie disasters. And we do have a few news, news items here. Yeah, we do. Um, so the zombie verse news, um, Kind of excited to see this. What are, what are you feeling about it? Absolutely not excited to see this. I feel like Netflix took the data that we love Korean zombie stuff mm. and decided to make it a reality show. And I'm just like, what? Why? I, you, why, look, why is your algorithm treating you so badly, Netflix? Why do you I, feel like this is a good idea? I am excited to see how bad this is. Like, it looks terrible. And sometimes I'm, I'm seeing in this trailer, I'm seeing uh, per, um, people who are contestants on the show kicking and hitting human beings who are pretending to be zombies. And I feel like this is where I'm like, ah, no, what? That's not OK. You draw the line. Yeah. Um, I, like, I just think 
I don't know. I w- I couldn't tell if this was any like with a lot of these shows. Like, is it choreographed or whatever? It felt very choreographed, even though say they say that it's reality. So, I don't know. So I am gonna be like, I I have no idea what this is gonna bring, but it will be interesting to watch. Well. Um, part of the part of the news here also is that it's the uh, art team behind all of us are dead and the choreography team from yeah. Kingdom, and I just wish that they were working on those two shows instead. Well, yeah, I mean, we always wish that, um, but that's why I'm thinking that this is more like scripted than reality. It feels like it to me, anyway. It's hard to, yeah, I guess do improv improvisational choreography, right? Actually, that like, is a so thing, I'm sort but... of like, hmm. so anyway, so we shall see. Um, but in in better and and happier news, not schlocky <laughs> zombie reality TV news. Um, I oh, I also thought that the zombie verse was pulling from the Squid Game too a little bit. Anyway, um, but um, in other happier news, uh, you know, the Emmys, the Emmy nominations are uh, are out, and uh, they're pretty good for my favorite my favorite lead. <laughs> Uh, Pedro Pascal got a nod for he did. Uh, all uh, not all of us are dead. Um, the last, the of, last us. of us. Yeah. HBO kind of swept um, in terms of nominations, um, but yeah, I'm hoping that uh, Last of Us gets gets a couple, mostly for you know selfish reasons. I want I want there to be more zombie shows being made, and I think that if a zombie show gets some Emmys. Somebody else will be willing to put the effort and money into it that HBO did. Right. And in addition, I, I, we should mention uh, Bella Ramsey was also nominated. So, yes, that's kind of cool. And, you know, the the thing I noticed, though, about these awards is that often these were not like sci fi fantasy, like these kinds of things did not. Sorry about that. Um, I don't know how to turn off these notifications. I didn't my... hear anything. It's not. Coming. Oh, OK, good. There's. You might if they, there's these all these notifications on my mother-in-law's it's just uh, like, <laughs> laptop that your I computer just computer has been infected by a virus. Click this link. Those uh, kinds of that's kind of what is going on. <laughs> you know, you're um, on your mother-in-law's computer when. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like what? Uh, okay, thank you. But yes, you were saying that Emmys traditionally did not support horror, sci-fi, fantasy, and now. Thanks to House of the Dragon. Thanks to uh, The Last of Us. And what was the sci-fi? Snowpier- no, what was the sci-fi that got nominated? Um, oh, House of the Dragon. Yeah, that was, uh, um, oh, yeah. Adam's Family is not sci-fi, but it's same, that kind of, like, that's the thing. Like, these kinds of things normally wouldn't get nominated. And um, they. it really is interesting that they were all kind of taking over a little bit, which is cool. Um, so, you know, and Obi-Wan and, Kenobi, I guess, yep. got some and maybe Andor Andor yep. totally is deserving of an Emmy, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it ever did that well with the audience, which is bull. But um, and Obi-Wan, I, I rewatched recently and, you know, enjoyed it just as much the second time, frankly. I think the yeah. haters can kind of get in your head. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I just thought it was kind of cool um, from that point of view. Um, but that you just don't normally see some of these things. And I'm very, very happy, obviously, yep. that that uh, Pedro and, and Bella got a nod. So, um, so there's that. Um, all right. 
There's also up. a trailer for a bad looking film called The Asylum, which I think we will yeah. just let it go. It, it's out already. It came out yesterday, but um, ooh, it does not look. Nope. Does not look like it's worth looking at, frankly, uh, which is no. hurts me to say. I, you know, people, some people worked really hard on this, but it just the final product looks cheap and um, it looks pretty bad. And I mean, that's already out. I think that came out yesterday. It did come out yesterday. So yeah. it does not look good. Um, and a somewhat promising trailer that you found uh, for were heard, which feels. Well, this is, yeah, this is going to be, it's a fright fest uh, world premiere on August 26th. And this actually does look good. Yeah. And uh, it has a couple of recognizable actors in it, which is helpful. But it also, more than that, it doesn't have to be about the faces. It's the production value looks good. Yeah, it looks pretty good. And it's got some pretty uh, important messages right now, I would say. Like taking, when you have a good zombie show that also is like, and we're going to have metaphor and it's going to be mm. like topical. Uh, you know, there's definitely some um, slight vibes of Handmaid's Tale going on here. Oh, definitely. So which I think we're all kind of feeling again. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be interesting. I don't know how it's going to be released to the world other than at this world premiere at Fright Fest. So we will uh, we will report back when it's out. Yeah. It's so it's going to be on like 20, 75. No, it's not going to be necessarily on a lot of screens. Sorry, sure. go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, like, well, we'll see how it goes. But it do, the production value looks good. Um, so we'll we'll have to to see how this plays out. I have a feeling they'll release it pretty probably just streaming. Maybe I can't imagine this ends up in the theaters. No, but, um, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, I was going to say, are you ready to talk about episode two of Dead City? Knock, knock. H.A. Mm, knock, yep. knock. Who's There is the name of this episode. It was directed by Lauren Iaconelli, second one in a row, and written by Eli Journet, the executive producer and showrunner, and also the after show talker. Um, boo, boo, boo. So this one, we had forgotten when we were recapping the first episode how it ended. I think we just said, yeah, Maggie and Negan run off. But we forgot that they actually yeah, go into this they, dark room yeah. with a with a match that gets mm -hmm. blown out. Um, yeah. And we kind of pick up from there uh, yeah. with with Maggie going like, oh, she took my bag. So they got they got robbed. And it's like a really slow chase that happens here. Well, but okay. it's not without its own sense of tension, though, because so, there are zombies. There are zombies. It's a I don't know. It's again, I find it highly unlikely that this elderly woman is going to get the jump on these two. But OK, fine. Um, maybe she knows the landscape a little bit more and she's like kind of sneaking around and that's that. But it just feels a little bit unlikely that Maggie and Egan cannot catch up with this particularly like she's not like super frail, but she's not super swift either. So whatever. But well, then she, she turns out that she wants them to follow her. She does. And it was like, but it's so it's like this very slow. Yeah. Chase scene. It's a which slow is like, speed pursuit, which is like, um, it's kind of funny. Uh, we also get some hints that Maggie might be uh, unfond of heights. Right. And, on this giant yeah. ladder that they, they climb up an elevator shaft. Yeah. Um, and so they follow her. Negan, you know, does this little his little song and dance where he's like, 
I mean, the thing about Negan and I, and I, you know, is that it's a very, he's got a, like a, a lot of contradictions. And I think that this is the thing that they're trying to show, which is he can develop these interpersonal relationships with people and rapports with people relatively quickly. It's why he was such a like charismatic leader of the saviors, if not a brutal one, but um, you know, He's getting information. He's very skilled at getting information and getting sort of the lay of the land with people in in short, in a very tiny amount of time. Um, and Maggie knows what he's doing, and she's just like, oh, you know, if you're done bonding or whatever she says, making your friend. Uh, like he eats like pigeon that the woman gives him and whatever. And she's speaking Hebrew, and I only know this because of the um, subtitles. I, like there were subtitles. Um, but um, you know, basically. It reacts pretty strongly about any sort of idea that they would go to where the Croat is or where they think the Croat is. And mm -hmm. then she leads them to her people, um, which it goes as well as you would expect because they're strangers in a strange land. And um, it, this is like the storytelling just feels very forced and clunky to me. Um, there's a lot of you know, information being withheld that doesn't make total sense. Like, I know that they're trying to, you, they don't know who these people are. They don't know if they're somehow related to the crowd and maybe they're a Croat and maybe that's some of it. But I think it's pretty clear that they're not in cahoots with him or them. And so some of what's going on with the two of them, I've just, I was getting a lot of like, um, unfortunately, the Fear of the Walking Dead vibes out of this. Um, and it felt very like just just sort of retreading again the same thing. We got to get their trust. We got to like, oh, and they think we're going to betray them. And oh, they're going to put us in this bathroom. And I don't know. It just felt weird. And it also felt somewhat unlikely that this elderly woman who apparently keeps bringing people back to this particular group would be allowed to be out there Um running around bringing more people back to them if they know yeah. that she's a risk in this particular world. I don't know what you do. What did you think of that? Uh, that's pretty. Yeah, that's a that's a funny observation. And, and you know, like at first, it seems like they're kind of over Esther, which turns out to be her name. And these are two characters whose names we learn later, I guess. Actually, I don't even know if we've learned the lady's name, mm -mm. but her name is apparently Amaya and she speaks Spanish. And the guy is Tommaso. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they're brother and sister, maybe they're husband and wife. We don't know. Maybe they're just friends. Um, and Esther seems to be a pain in their ass and also someone that, that later Tommaso apparently cares deeply about. Mm -hmm. um, what is kind of interesting about the way that this episode is playing out is I'm getting this feeling that I had when I was reading the Dark Tower, um, the specifically, I think it's the third book, the, the City of Lud, where and it's, the City of Lud is apparently... New York City in the in Stephen King's Dark Tower world. And within the city of Lud are two fighting factions, two warring factions. And uh our hero, the gunslinger, like enters into this scenario kind of and getting caught up to speed. And it feels familiar here in a way. Um, like without all the overwrought metaphor that Stephen King tends to add to these kinds of things but certainly with pearly still in the mix in this episode he's basically he looks he's like dressed in black yep. you know he's a he's a cowboy if you if you had a massive revolver you wouldn't be surprised right so right. I, yeah i'm getting definite vibes like that from this episode uh, as we start to meet these factions um 
these guys look I don't I don't mind the the world building that we're seeing here. It's it, like the what, what's a little disappointing is that uh they they travel we we think exclusively on rooftops. Uh we don't really know much about them yet. But they have not def- like barricaded the entrance on the street cuz when quite quickly the uh, Barazi show up, which is what they're calling the Croats faction. They they just walk right in like they're and they, mm-hmm. they're driving all over and apparently can drive right up to this building and walk right in. Um, well, and if they're using I mean, this was the thing that I'm like, OK, but if they're using these like zip lines, get around everywhere, why would they even be going around on the ground? The the smart thing to do would be to barricade these things so that would make it harder yeah. to get to them. And so that was the it just felt a little too easy about the like the Braza game, but maybe maybe they just don't have time to do that. Maybe their sort of strength or maybe their nimbleness is because they can move around to these places. But I was sort of like, why are we even on the ground floor? It just makes doesn't even make sense. I don't yeah. know. This episode is oh. also busy. Uh, it, not only does it have this Negan and Maggie story meeting the what they're calling the tribes people in the after show. We don't know that that's what they're being called. Um, we also, I think there's three other stories in a way, because there's a flashback story too. There's uh, the flashback is of Maggie with Herschel at the new mm-hmm. hilltop, uh, where it turns out she and he, he are not getting along. Um, he's just like, what's the point of doing weapons training? We're all going to die anyway. I'm like, yeah. you know what, buddy? I feel you there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it would be really hard to be a tween in the zombie apocalypse because you'd be like, I, look, I can't even play video games. I can't draw charcoal. I have to do weapons mm-hmm. training all the time. Mom, you suck. Um, yeah. yeah, that'll be rough. Uh, we also have the Ginny story, which is she's arrived at the new not hilltop, which they've built a big set for this. This place looks yep. nice. And nobody we know, no actors that we recognize. These are apparently Maggie's people from the before times, or we don't know yeah. who these people are. Um, and she's having a hard time fitting in, I guess. Well, the, the people there kind of suck. The sc- the students in that class are whispering and they don't really applaud very well. I love that scene, though, because of the world building that they're doing in that scene. Like the teacher is like, we're not learning about like economics. No, we're learning about foraging. Which of these plants is poisonous? Like, I thought yeah. that was really cool. That was kind of cool, but yeah. I don't know. I don't I'm finding it hard to feel bad for Ginny in this particular scenario and i don't know enough about her yeah it's it's a little tough because they haven't done much work on her development and no and having her be nonverbal does not help yeah (laughs) no and i mean that's the thing it's like oh my gosh like are we really doing this okay guess we are um and then there's the pearly story which continues because he's not dead we knew that at the end of the last episode but yeah and we did have him you know we had him kind of you know encounter his dead ranger that he clearly feels pretty guilty about for obvious reasons and he looked the 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 young ranger looked pretty good as a walker i have to say that was a pretty good makeup um and just like you know hanging around but then he goes on this is the part that i was like oh this is kind of like a cool little thing where he goes on his little side mission um to go in and find that apartment with that address they show the address very clearly mm-hmm. um and he goes up and it's it's this whole and the set the set design here is really great um and you know he finds it's clear that he's several years too late <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. i mean he finds the person he's looking for and it's his probably brother probably because there's a family photo there's yeah. a family photo and everything um and his brother has has done away with himself and I don't know, just the you can see the decrepitness of the apartment, how everything's just kind of falling apart. Um, and he, you know, lays him 
to rest in some ways. He puts like a, a sheet over him and whatever, but it's like this little time capsule. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, we will probably hopefully find out more about this later, but I just thought that it's, we haven't seen something like this recently where it's like somebody he knew from the before times and just kind of seeing what happened. I mean, we, yeah. we've seen a couple of things sort of like this, but not quite like this. It's um, like a mountain of empty food cans. So we could right. assume that this guy survived for some time. Yep. Um, but then eventually killed himself and right. uh, like, decided to just do that instead of like eke out a survival or a, a living with the tribes people or who knows what the situation was in New York when he actually did kill himself. It could have been years. Right. And, and it years does years look, it does seem pretty bleak. Um, the survival seems pretty bleak. And the one thing like, look, I think they're trying to draw parallels with the tribes people. It's like everybody has their own little tribe. Everybody has their own little, like, you know, Maggie and Negan and Carol and all that thing. And so they're they're just trying to to do their thing and you know the croats people is just like an entirely different faction and i guess you could make them sort of the saviors in this scenario um but that's the thing is that maggie and egan don't know necessarily who's who yet right Um, yeah and the one scene i think that we get that is supposed to maybe show us who a little bit about who the Barazzi are when Negan's doing his yeah. his reprisal is weird. There's some weird reactions in that shot. Um, Like they seem, they seem first for people who work for a psycho who everybody agrees is a psycho. They're awfully upset by what yeah. happens to this one guy. Yeah. Uh, and the guy in question who was saying, Dona Smo or whatever it was, which is the na- the title of the last episode, Doma Smo, mm-hmm. uh, the final episode of the season, or the, at least episode six. Uh, he appeared to be like ready to kill himself in a way, or like he he you know he he kills Esther, who mm-hmm. we just met, which is kind of like oh well okay I guess that sucks, uh, in front of like twenty people who will probably kill him next. Like he doesn't use his leverage wisely. No, you know, he doesn't use it to retreat. He does. He just kills her thinking, I don't know what, like, because he's they're also speaking in Croatian, which feels like if we, between Ginny, who's nonverbal and these other people who only seem to speak in a language that I don't think is all that common in New York. Maybe it is. Do you know a lot of people who speak Croatian in, in Brooklyn? Um, I think there are some, certainly. Sure. Enough to to be like a major faction in a post-apocalyptic version of the city. Well, if enough of them got together, maybe. Um, but we also see some of these, you know, they they did this with the, you know, our favorite, uh, our, trash our favorite, people. Yeah, like so. Maybe there are people that they picked up. Maybe they don't totally. Maybe they picked up the, some things or become fluent over time. Well, then let me see the the classroom scenes for the Barazi where they're learning Croatian. Right. A, well, maybe the Croat makes classroom. them. Maybe the Croat makes them speak it and yeah. kills them if they don't learn it. I don't know. That seems likely. Um, but did you but see anyway. the reactions that I'm talking about when he's he's yeah. eviscerating that guy? They're looking up. There's only two of them with their faces shown. The rest of them are just kind of like standing or sitting around with knives mm-hmm. out looking up at him. There's just like this moment of none of us are going to do anything. And 
when you do eviscerate this guy who for all intents and purposes was trying to kill himself earlier death by you know right. suicide by cop right their faces are like outraged and and surprised but there we don't really get too much time uh spent on that reaction it's just it struck me as curious like it felt it felt weird i don't it know it did feel it, weird and but, i and i agree with you and i i don't that's what that's a little bit of what i'm talking about like it's it's an uneven and weird like rolling out of some of this stuff because if they're really this i mean that's the one thing you could say for the saviors they were pretty united in terms of like the way that they were going about things they kind of were like okay this is how we are in the world at least toward you know newer people or whatever you're going to say they they had directives they were very clearly under the you know and, and there was certainly a few exceptions to that obviously but you didn't see it in these kinds of settings where they were going out as a group, taking over whatever they were going to take over. Right. Um, so if if this whole philosophy is that they are these sort of brutal scavengers that go out are willing to kill themselves versus being taken hostage, this reaction like to them doing this seemed odd. Um mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's also, I, I do think that probably the point of this whole scene was Maggie's reaction to Negan, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, this is clearly Negan at Negan full force. Knock, knock jokes and all, right? And it's this thing where he's quite effective in terms of what he does. He does Negan very well. But I don't and, understand why this would be effective on a group of cultists you know right but it wouldn't be and that's the thing it's like but i guess maybe i thought like kind of what they were trying to do with it is that they i thought it was going to be like oh they don't really care that much because the croats even more insane than negan so this shouldn't have been a shock value or anything it more should have been like a problem to overcome right um but that's not what happened so i don't know and uh and then the thing that i found mm, semi-mysterious about this was also suddenly like you know the the tribes people are like oh right negan or at least trusting him more i don't know would you be that trusting of somebody who just did that i mean maybe they don't they didn't see that i don't don't really understand that next scene either where they're kind of like collecting their thoughts and they're like thank you for helping us i'm like they didn't really do anything Uh, right they didn't like uh frankly amaya pushes or tells Maggie to get out of the way when they're getting into the fight with into uh, joining the fight with the Barazzi upstairs and um, that weird nail gun thing that they have those weapons it's super brutal what it does like it basically pulled out a plug of torso from that one guy mm-hmm. that was crazy uh, I wasn't sure how, how those were going to get played out because they looked janky <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I think maybe the props were wiggly or something something about them looked janky like one of them one of those actors was holding the projectile like i think was coming out diagonally or something in one of the scenes and i was like oh but then and that's in that fight scene it actually was wild what it did but i guess it also it like first of all you have to be on target second of all there's like a wire attached to the projectile so you probably can't be that far away and third of all you have to be super strong and be able to pull a plug of somebody's body out yeah. with the projectile you would think because you would think it would kind of pull you if it could, yeah know. you could just fall like if you're the not physics ready, of it the physics of it seem weird to me if you're shooting somebody who's much bigger than you and there's a big guy on the tribes people's team right kind of has mike tyson face tattoos mm-hmm. uh 
if if you shot shot that guy with that weapon, I feel like you would just run to you would end up being pulled toward him as you did the the pulling thing. But yeah, maybe they've got so. it designed in a specific way not to do that. But um, I thought that those were that was a little interesting piece of their, you know, their mystique, the tribes people, if you will. There's only like 10 of them, as far as we can tell. Um, I, I like the I like the way Tommaso, uh, after the fight and the fact that they'd lost a few people, including Esther, is like, oh, you know, this is it. This is our family. Like, I liked how depressed he was and uh, that scene, because it really feels like these people are on their heels, like they don't have a lot left. Yeah. And I mean, we do. We also hear a little bit more about the Croat between Maggie and Negan. Negan, um, this is a little bit earlier, but like Negan, when he and Maggie are locked in the bathroom, he basically tells her a little bit more about the croat and how much more he knows and she's rightly pissed because probably she should have known that before um but basically the croat is absolutely like a psychopath and um just was you know even in negan's it was like it to, to shock negan into like negan was basically like he's just a mad dog and i couldn't you know i saw him in action and i had to i tried to put him out of his misery but shot his ear off missed the rest of him so there you go and this matches up with the things that the tribes uh, and Tama- like that they tell him them when they say that that's what they're there for, that they need to um, basically get Maggie's son and whatever. And um, they're like, well, here's the situation. <laughs> and, you know, they are basically carving out a little like corner of survival. But this group is incredibly difficult and horrible he won't let people off the island and he just keeps sort of bringing them into his group and I guess creating them in his own image or at least, you know, and we, and we've seen a little bit of that. Like he does like, and and I mean, I think it's deliberate. They're mirroring some of the stuff that Negan used to do. Right. But just made it a little bit more brutal. Uh, did so, you watch another episode? Did I? Uh, it's all blending now, Stuart. The, like the, the inner workings of the Barazzi. I don't, I don't know any about that. Oh, I'm just saying, like, I'm saying, like, describe him as a psycho. And if you if you want to get close to him, but you're probably going to die, we can help you with that. Like that. I feel like that's the end of the conversation. Right. But doesn't Negan and Maggie talk about his history? Yeah. Negan talks about having him been in the saviors. He was a torturer that he killed a girl. And Negan felt like that crossed the line, which I have a hard time scoring that circle too. like Negan. Negan, uh, he didn't kill Carl, but it's not that he wasn't willing to kill people all the time. So, yeah, but But what I'm talking what I'm talking about is, you know, we saw how the Croat was with Herschel earlier. We saw how he was treating that hostage. And then I like, you know, Pearlie's like caught in a little trap and he keeps trying to like get information out of people. You know, the guy who like got cut on the zip line Mm -hmm. they were promising him you know kind of i don't want to say asylum but like promising him that you know it wouldn't be as bad as he thought it would be or whatever and these are all tactics that negan would use to kind of bring people in and do whatever he was going to do but the croats just like nope you know what we're we're gonna get information and then we'll do whatever we're gonna do right like he's he's a psychopath um but it's not that far off from what we used to see Negan do. 
So we never really saw a lot of Negan's recruitment. I guess we kind of did with Alexandria, except that it was too harsh. Well, um, I mean, it's the fear of that they're going to do brutalized things like, say, put an iron on somebody's face or right. whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I think that that's kind of what they're setting up is that there's like a lot of parallels here. Mm. And, you know, and this is maybe in line with what Negan and Maggie are kind of like often in conflict about, which is Negan's like, well, everybody's kind of like this if you really push them. But and saying that the Croat t- is a bridge too far, he doesn't give details about what he did to the woman that he tortured or the yeah. just the kid that he tortured. So I found that to be not that we should have the gory details, but again, but similar like things that Negan did were pretty horrific. And like, you know, and he kept like groups of women as like sex slaves and things yeah. like that. And yeah. like, you know, so so I'm I'm just not sure like how they're setting this up to make the Croat even. I mean, I'm sure he is and whatever, but. Like I simultaneously that, making the Croat worse than him, but also then making the Barazzi scared of a little theater that that Negan puts on with one of their guys. Right. Like to, to me, like those that's don't. The thing. The, yeah. Like how are the how how does that even out? Um. Oh, and no, I didn't. I didn't watch another episode. That's okay. The yeah. I thought you were um, so you're you're like extrapolating a little bit. I am because I just think that this is kind. It feels like that's what they're doing with this. Um. But so far, they haven't shown me much more about how how very evil the Croat is. I'm sure they'll get into that, but that's it's a little it's still a little mysterious yet how you're going to make Negan the the hero here, um, which you know we'll see. Mm-hmm. Will be quite interesting to find out. Um, the uh, this episode. How does this episode end? It ends with Pearly forgetting, yeah, Pearly and leaving his brother's apartment get, falls or gets scooped up by one of those net traps that Negan had mm-hmm. pointed out in the first episode. Uh, eventually, the Croat himself comes and lets him out of the trap. Yeah, and they have bananas. their, I mean, they have their big bike hem- helmets that have all sorts of crap over them. I guess that's yeah. their, their Head deal. Butt, headbutt weapons. Uh, these traps don't make a whole lot of sense in this world because they would probably just keep catching zombies in them. And like, what, mm. what is the the return on investment for these traps? If they're just, cause there are zombies all over the city. It's not like these are like zombie free streets. So it's a little bit funny that they're like, yeah, these are human only traps, but that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. In this case, they do catch pearly. We'll see what happens next. Because Pearly is uh, lawful evil, I would say he's um, he's going to follow the letter of the law, even if it means killing every man, woman, and child. <laughs> I love peace, and I will kill everybody I uh, everybody I run into in order to achieve it. Um, so we'll see how his particular brand of uh, alignment collides with the Barat, the not the Barazzi. Well, yeah, the Barazzi and the Croat, who are probably supposed to be chaotic evil. Just to break out some Dungeons and Dragons alignment charts for you. Right. Um, uh, lawful and chaotic do not usually get along. No. Um, uh, oh, I also thought one funny, like, not funny, but it was like the Tommaso calls uh, the Croat Van Gogh because yeah. of the ear. So, I don't know. That was kind of funny. Yeah, like Tommaso and Amaya are supposed to, are like a little bit hard edges, like, like 
you know, New Yorkers, I think, are mm-hmm. typically portrayed. Um, I couldn't pick up too much of an accent from them, but they had a, a bit of a pattern that was kind of like, hey, I'm from New York. What are you doing in my neighborhood sort of thing? Like, well, yeah, bit. and I mean, they do describe a little bit of what it was like in the down thing, in the in the whole downfall of everything. And, you know, and they introduced they like are doing some exposition about how the Croat, you know, they they were fine until like he showed up on the scene and then all this, you know, even more stuff like their their biggest problems weren't necessarily wasn't necessarily the walkers anymore because they'd figured out how to deal with that. But now they have to deal with this other faction. And again, there's like just a lot of parallels between like the saviors and Hilltop and all that stuff in the kingdom. Um, And so, again, I think that this is just this is what we're probably going to see is a lot of these parallels being drawn. And I guess we have to see how they how how our intrepid heroes deal with them. Um, And you still be entertained by this if you feel like it's a little too. Uh, derivative of the prime right show. right and so that's a little bit you know the other thing i do want to like the herschel thing and it's just been we saw him in the flashback we also saw him in like the other episode just with the croat for a minute and i really hope that whatever goes on with his character gets better um the one thing that that definitely bothered me even in the flashback it's like can we have like a kid that isn't annoying or i don't know um, like like H-A, can we as just... a, a parent of, of of kids, I'm sorry, no, kids cannot not <laughs> no, be annoying. But I mean, as like like growing up in this world and whatever, and I guess I felt that a little bit when we were seeing Ginny's experience. I mean, in this Judith community. is like the, a non-annoying kid on the show. Judith is like one of the only ones that is not annoying. Um, but it's like, you know, I guess part of me feels like some of these kids are being drawn from the lens like oh, maybe it's the idea that kids are still being kids, tweens are still being tweens, and they'll rebel no matter what, which I guess is true. But I also, and and this was like even a little bit with Henry and all the, you know, and what we've seen in other, um, like some of the other like spinoffs and things like that, like especially Herschel and Judith is, is similar, I guess. These kids didn't even have a taste of the other world. No. So they... You know, I almost feel like they would be maybe aware about everything that's going on, but but be sort of not not nonchalant, but it's accepted that this is something that they have to do to survive. And this is just part of their world. And I just don't the the sort of ridiculousness of some of this makes me a little like, uh, again, we'll see where it goes. Um, I I think maybe they're doing something like the uh, Station Eleven the kids who were born after the pandemic have a completely different worldview from the traumatized repans. And so maybe they're doing something along those lines, but it's not clear yet. It's not clear, but like part of me feels like they're still drawing them through the lens of like the before times, which they would have no knowledge of. Um, So, you know, that, that was just sort of a comment. So maybe, maybe Herschel will improve and get more interesting. I just, um, you know, it'd be really cool if you could make him as cool as Glenn was, you know, um, <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, that would um, be an argument for uh, nature versus nurture, though, H.A., which I'm not sure that everybody would want to have. Like He he literally never met Glenn, so there's no way for him to be like Glenn. Uh, no, but you could make the character like cool like Glenn. You, you don't have cool to like, like you know, doing going on missions. Um 
I don't know. Maybe Steve Yoon is just super cool. And he kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and again, like the thing with Ginny in the um in the little community and her dissatisfaction about being there, that's as you said, a little just a little hard to understand what the dissatisfaction is, um, because she is nonverbal. Um, so that is a little uh well, I guess we'll have to see what what that um what that goes to i mean they only have six episodes they can't take too much time with the story i mean you could see (laughs) from the coming up next episode what she's gonna do and where she's going yeah yeah um so it will probably get a lot more interesting even if she is nonverbal the whole time but four episodes they're gonna make her talk they're gonna make her talk come on yeah like and what she's gonna be yeah we'll find out what, what her deal is not Negan's daughter, though, I assume. <laughs> I mean, maybe. No, she saw her dad killed in front of her, so it can't be. Um, yeah. However, so it, it's still an interesting spinoff. It's just we have some gripes or, or you know, whatever's. I think knowing it's only six episodes means that there's a lot that riding on every episode. This one was uh, meeting the neighbors and the baddies uh, like getting more of a uh, sense of them and getting to know Pearly a lot more, frankly, even though he didn't say much, it was more about the fact that he was motivated, why he was motivated to come here in part. And like you said, the, that scene of Negan being old Negan and Maggie watching it happen. And a lot of what was going on on Lauren Cohen's face and the fact that she's afraid of heights, that's going to come back. And that's right. uh, that's kind of everything going on in episode Deuce, who's there. Next one up is going to be people are a resource. Oh, that's a familiar phrase. <laughs> <laughs> so we can um, talk about that the next time we get together here on Reanimated. And if you want to let us know what you're thinking about the show, you can send us an email at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at reanimatedpcast. And you can find all of our episodes online at reanimated.podbean.com. My name is Stuart. I'm in California, and um, I'm going to go out and enjoy the heat dome. Uh, A balmy 104 degrees today, so uh, you guys stay cool out there. Indeed. And until next time, ciao. Alrighty. Toodles.